0: Hi friend, welcome to Holly's Highlights, a podcast designed to encourage, inspire, and equip you to intentionally live your life full of purpose. I'm your host, Holly Kirby, motivational speaker, leadership cultivator, marketing strategist, and personal cheerleader. Let's check out today's highlights. As the kids gear up to head back to school, it's a perfect time to elevate your management and leadership skills too. Whether you're looking for some one-on-one guidance that focuses on a specific need or growth in your own leadership skills, or you're wanting to develop your leaders and help empower them to improve their overall performance while effectively achieving their goals – leadership coaching can help. As Forbes recently pointed out, there are so many benefits of coaching, such as self-awareness, self-confidence, and self-leadership. They went on to report that 70% of individuals who received coaching benefited from improved work performance, relationships, and more effective communication skills. So let's tackle timely issues going on in your workplace to produce immediate application and effective impact. Let's help your team collaborate more productively and prepare for the ongoing changes in your workplaces these days. With 20 years in executive leadership, a master's in leadership and management, and certified as a life coach, I'd welcome the opportunity to come alongside you and your team to grow as leaders. Schedule your first coaching call for the month of September 2022 and receive your second call half off for October 2022. Connect with me on my website at hollykirby.com or via email at contact. At holly That's H-O-L-L-Y-C-U-R-B-Y.com. I recently read a good book and I seem to have a light bulb moment. I don't know about you, but I personally love when my brain connects things and something I struggled with suddenly makes sense. I love that. Well, about four years ago, I received a scholarship which allowed me to go back to school and complete my master's. Now, this scholarship also opened a door for me to take part in a one-year leadership program through Chick-fil-A Foundation. This experience was truly better than Anything that I had received in that scholarship. It was amazing. I got to travel, be introduced to some amazing businesses and organizations such as the Giving Keys and the Homeboys Industries. I learned from some of the top respected leaders such as Rodney Bullard and David Salyers, and even got to experience some really cool moments like going to Disneyland and driving a John Deere tractor. I know my bucket list aims high, right? Well, I also got to enjoy a, a dinner at the former Chick fil A CEO's home, Dan Cathy, which is also where I got to ride that John Deere tractor. It was such a fun experience. But then, yes, there was even more than this. After that year was completed, I had the pleasure of helping establish the first ever alumni group for this scholarship program and truly helped pave a way for generations behind me. Now, I can't even begin to describe this experience, but I got to be honest with you, throughout the whole process, I kept thinking, why? You know, what return on investment is that company seeing when there seems to be little retention as far as those who actually are employed by or representing that brand? Well, that's where this book that I'm referring to, The Gift of Lift by David York, comes in. It finally clicked and it had a name associated with the answer I was seeking, stewardship. And as David puts it, harnessing the power of stewardship to elevate the world. So I knew if it's taken me four years to finally connect those dots, I had to get the author of this book on Holly's highlights to help us understand how we too can grasp this whole stewardship thing in our lives, whether at home, as leaders in the workforce, or simply of our time and our talent. Now, David York is an attorney, a CPA, and managing partner of York, Howell, and Guyman. He's named an Inc. 5000 fastest growing company. He's co-authored two other nonfiction books, Entrusted, Building a Legacy That Lasts, and Riveted, 44 Values That change the World. He's given a TED Talk and is a frequent national speaker, so you might see him on a stage near you coming soon. David resides in Utah with his beautiful wife, Melinda, and their five children, whom he considers to be his greatest gifts and the reason for the lift in his life. Now, David is no stranger to Holly's Highlights podcast. In fact, David was on season two, episode 11 regarding preparing for the unexpected, where he helped us prepare for emergency situations through the four Ds, death, disaster, divorce and disability. Feel free to check that out. Again, season two, episode 11, very informative info with resources and all of that in the episode show notes too. So welcome back, David. We're so excited to have you. Yeah,
1: always uh, excited to chat with you and, and talk about this subject, for sure.
0: So we have a lot to unpack, so let's just dive in by, by starting with that foundation of this all, and that is, what is stewardship?
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a great question, and honestly, I was I started on this journey six years ago, so you're a quicker study than I am, it only took you four years, six. <laughs> so um, I, uh, six years ago, I had the pleasure for several years of working with Gail Miller, who is one of the uh, uh, owners of the Utah Jazz, uh, one of the actually wealthiest women in the world, also one of the most uh, philanthropic and engaged people. And we were in the process at the time of working on a trust. The end goal was to ensure that the Jazz uh, stay in the state of Utah. For those who aren't from Utah, it is a big deal here. We are, we are a small market. And the jazz are one of the really few things that we have that we really rally around as a community. So it's more of a community asset. And so we were working on that, making sure that that no matter what happened in the future, it would, it would stay here. And in the midst of, of looking over some documents that would create a trust to do that, You know, I just happened to ask Gail, I said, uh, so how will it feel to no longer own the jazz? And she just casually looked up from the documents she was looking at and she said, well, I don't own the jazz. And, you know, I, I was kind of taken aback because here I am. I'm her estate planning lawyer. She's one of the smartest people I know, uh, at the time running over 70 different businesses. She knew the details of all those. She also knew what was going on with all of her grandkids, great grandkids. Uh, she's a wise, smart person. And, uh, but, you know, I was kind of taken aback. And so I, you know, kind of sheepishly said, well, no, you, you do own the jazz. Uh, and I'll never forget. She stopped what she was doing. And she looked at me and she said, no. I'm a steward of the jazz. And, and honestly, it was one of the most profound professional experiences of my life because I saw someone who had transcended ownership. You know, I, I think in our in American culture, Western world, the pinnacle for us is ownership, right? You know, if you own something, you possess that thing. That's kind of the top. And a lot of us, you know, we search for those things we can own and possess to create identity. And she had transcended that. And so it really made me think about this word, not just the word stewardship, but the mentality of stewardship. And so what I came to realize after looking at at examples of, of other stewards and how they live and what they've done, what I came to realize is this. A steward is someone who's fully invested in something bigger than themselves. So they have these two critical building blocks. They have investment they're all in, but they have transcendence. It's not about themselves. And that's what makes them fundamentally different than the, than the rest of us. And, you know, it's kind of like, and this, I'm going to date myself here. It's kind of like playing slug bug, you know, when we, when we were kids, we would look for Volkswagens and then you could, you could slug your sibling. And once you start looking for them, you start seeing them, right? So what I started doing is I started looking for stewards. I started looking for stewards around me i look for stewards in history and then you see them and you see these two building blocks that they build on they're unique they're different than the rest of us but ultimately they're the most impactful uh and the most content uh, people because they're driven by meaning not by money
0: Meaning versus money. I like that. I like the some powerful words you just said there that really stick that you could you could stay on and just kind of uh think about for a while is that create identity versus the transcendence of ownership. Uh that's impactful. I think that applies to every person, every business. That that's impactful, something to think about. Now you share in the gift of lift that the building blocks of stewardship are the purpose and culture. So how can people and businesses alike discover that purpose?
1: Yeah, so it's a great question. You know, I think so often we focus on how and what when really the most successful, impactful people, most impactful businesses, most impactful organizations, they start with why and who. You know, I, I was working with a group of, of uh, very successful entrepreneurs. These were serial entrepreneurs, started many different businesses. And, and I asked them, I said, how many of you guys – uh, and, and ladies would credit the success of your businesses to your articles of incorporation. <laughs> they all just laugh. They're like zero percent. We credit zero percent to our to our structure. I said, "What made you successful?" They said, "Clear. We we knew the problem that existed in the world, and we knew how we wanted to solve it, and we surrounded ourselves with great people. You know, they had clarity in their why." They surrounded themselves with great people and then they went in and changed the world. The key on the why is that it's got to be bigger than yourself. You know, it's, it's so interesting. I, I work fortunate to work with a lot of high net worth, ultra high net worth clients. And what I see is if you're not careful, everything that you own ends up owning you back. You see people who become slaves to their possessions because it comes with cost and it comes with burden. And it comes with responsibility. And that's what was so amazing to me in that experience with Gail. She's all in, she's fully invested. Like she she spends her time, her talent, her treasure on these things. But it wasn't about her. She didn't own it. She was simply stewarding it. And so it actually made it very easy for her to transfer it because she didn't own it. So I, I think that's the key, is is. Having clarity on on your why, businesses that are successful, people that are successful, they they know at their essence who they are, what they value, and what they believe. They have that clarity, and then that drives to deep engagement. What's interesting is that deep engagement then results in more impact for their why, which then drives them to deeper engagement. I kind of call it an upward spiral, right? Yeah. You know, we've all had that downward spiral that we've experienced where attitude leads to behavior, behavior draws down and and affects. But but you can have an upward spiral too, and so I think those two can really feed on each other.
0: Now that covers the the purpose aspect. Let's take that over to that next building block of culture. Uh, how are, are organizations and businesses? How can they p- be intentional in creating that culture? And what would that look like?
1: Yeah. So if if your why is your direction. Culture is the current that it swims in. My wife and I, we love to, to bicycle. Um, and um, there is nothing more discouraging as a bicyclist than a headwind. It's just it's, it, it just adds so much to the work and effort. By the same token, there's nothing more life-giving than a tailwind. And, and the, the interesting thing about it is you have these moments. When you have the perfect tailwind behind you, you actually don't even feel it. It's actually quiet around you because the wind's going at the same speed you are. Uh, and it creates this quiet and serenity, but it pushes you forward and gives you energy. And I think, you know, culture is so impactful. Uh, not to turn this back on you, but right at Chick-fil-A, they're all about culture, right? Because they have clarity of purpose, but they realize that their purpose can be magnified by a culture and so that's another area where stewards and a steward mentality can be so important. And I, and I think there's four elements of culture, communication, cohesion, identity, and impact. You know, com- co- communication is is sharing and listening. Uh, listening is inherently about someone else, right? You know, so you have that transcendence. Cohesion is all about engaged relationships and that clarity of purpose, Identity is all about knowing who you are and about who you want to be. It's both definitional and aspirational. And I think sometimes we get tripped up because we're all about aspirational without understanding who we are. Or sometimes we limit ourselves in who we are. Oh, I could never do this. I could never do that. Right. So we have to balance those. And then impact um, and, and that is when you combine that investment and the purpose, because ultimately stewards make huge impacts because they combine those two together. And so, you know, I think it's really important not just to focus on, on the why, but also think about the who and develop both of those in balance.
0: So what, what questions should we be asking ourselves in efforts to become a steward or perhaps a good steward?
1: The key is... You know, knowing who you are, what you value, what you believe, what is it that is bigger than yourself? And, you know, it's so interesting. We live in the information age. And so I think so much, we just trained ourselves that what we need is more knowledge. We need more, more data. We need more information, right? Here's what, what I realized is that that knowledge and data inform, but questions and stories transform. You know, and I think we need to get out of the information business and get into the transformation business. And that occurs when we ask ourselves questions, when we ask other people questions, and when we engage in understanding our story and the story of others around us. And so part of the book is really just a series of questions because I can't tell you what's transcendent for you, but I can give you a lot of questions and a lot of things to ponder or or consider and I, I think going through that process and having that clarity makes things much, much simpler in life. Clarity leads to simplicity. And so I think that's where a lot of, of a lot of us struggle because we don't have that clarity on our why. Uh, and so then we just bounce from thing to thing to thing. And, you know, uh, Roy Disney once said, um, it's easy to make decisions once you know what you value. Um, and yet how many of us actually can quantify in simple, easy terms? We might know the elevator speech for our business, but do we know the elevator speech for our life. Until you have that, I think you're going to have difficulty.
0: That's a great challenge. That's a great challenge to look at internally. Now you mentioned in the book, developing stewards to take over the business. And I found it interesting the focus on culture over strategy. I, I, I liked that. And that you specifically mentioned that those stepping into this role should be compensated and given age appropriate responsibilities and even held accountable. And even instill a sense of belonging and purpose and transcendence, as you've referred to that word quite a bit. So it sounds to me like a family leaving its legacy for generations to come. What what advice would you have for families or businesses in fostering that stewardship now we can we can come to grasp it of knowing who we are and what we value and what we believe but how do you really foster that into those around you
1: augustine years ago he, he defined a, a nation an ideal nation as a multitude of rational beings united by the common objects of their love and, and from that, there was a professor, John Meekham, and he kind of identified four key characteristics of a great nation, which I think can apply to a great business, can apply to a great organization, and a great family. Uh, and he, he saw the four building blocks as equality of opportunity, uh, justice before the law, supremacy of reason, and the efficacy of grace. And so I love that. Uh, opportunity justice, reason, and grace. and I think those are four key ways to build uh, on that. You know sometimes we try to focus on a quality of outcome. you know we try to make sure is everything is fair and equal with a lot of our clients what we try to encourage is providing equal opportunities. And it doesn't mean that everyone will take those. Uh, some may take more, some may take less. You know, my guess is um, you were not the only person to apply for the scholarship you talked about earlier, right? But there was an opportunity given. Some chose to try to pursue it. Others didn't. But I think focusing on opportunity is huge. Uh, second is justice. That's that's how do we try to treat people fairly within a system? Uh, it doesn't mean that there's going to be equal outcomes, but we're going to treat people justly. Third, that reason, one of the most important things I think you can do whether it's in a family uh, or a business, is that each person in that that family or business should know the answer to three questions. What can I expect because I'm part of this family or organization? Two, what should I not expect simply because I'm part of this family or organization? And third, what's expected of me? It's fascinating to me how few people actually know the answers to those questions, and it just creates... Ambiguity and uncertainty, and that makes it very difficult to build, develop, and grow. And then, you know, maybe my favorite that he points out is just the the efficacy of grace. Like, if there is one thing that this world needs right now, it is grace. We just lack so much grace—grace grace for ourselves, grace for others, grace in our dealings with people. But yeah, I would say if you focus on those four things. Um, opportunity, justice, reason, and grace, that you're going to foster and build stewardship.
0: Okay, and and touching back on those three questions to ask ourselves, what to expect, what not to expect, and what's expected of us. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's interesting. I I notice this, especially in high net worth families. Most kids of high net worth families don't know the answers to those questions. But I think a lot of families, in general, don't. And what's interesting is if you come from that standpoint, not only do you have clarity, but it's actually a really empowering message, especially in terms of what not to expect and what's expected of someone else, uh, because there's a statement of belief there yes. that you can and will uh, do this. A lack of understanding of expectations is probably one of the biggest issues in, in relationships whether that's employer-employee or uh, spouses, parent-children, all of those kind of things. And so I think it's really important to be clear on those things.
0: Makes sense. Now, in The Gift of Lift, you go into depth about types of family businesses, uh, setting up succession plans and determining investment and so much more. But bottom line, as you say in the book, stewards leave an indelible mark on the lives of their friends families and communities and on the world itself. Now listeners, I definitely recommend checking out David's new book, The Gift of Lift. It's truly applicable to every reader. So David, where can our listeners purchase this book?
1: So it's on the regular sites, you know, Amazon, you can get it on Kindle, Uh, finalizing an audible version, and then uh, Barnes and Noble. So kind of all of the general resources.
0: All right. And how about for those who want to reach out to you further? How may they connect with you?
1: Yeah, so if they go to davidryork.com, I've got some articles, some resources, and other writings. I've got a TED Talk on there on wealth and how we should really look at wealth transfer so that's probably the best place to go for
0: resources okay great thank you now as you know from being on the show before here on Holly's highlights we have a signature question of if you could go back and encourage inspire or equip yourself as a child what would you say now you shared with us in season 2 episode 11 that you would say love what you do which clearly you are loving what you do and are so good at it so I'm going to tweak that question for you and ask if you could go back and encourage inspire or equip yourself as a child regarding stewardship, being a good steward, what would you tell yourself?
1: You know, as you go back and you think about those things, what's the greatest compliment you could ever give or ever receive? You know, if you want to know a bit of your essence, understand that. Or if you could be described by three words, what would you want them to be? You know, understanding that gives you a huge clue into how you can uh, and should impact the lives uh, of others. So, you know, that, that's what I would say is is to understand understand that.
0: Awesome. As always, David, you are a treasure of knowledge and information and are so good about investing that and being a good steward of that by pouring into others such as us today. So thank you so much for joining us.
1: Yeah, anytime, anytime. Thank you, Holly.
0: Now, listeners, I would love to hear about those who are good stewards in your life. So consider giving them a shout out on Facebook at Holly's Highlights or on Instagram at Holly Kirby. For me, the stewards in my life, especially uh, as we've just had Father's Day here, would be one is my my dad, who he's been an exemplary steward of people and information and hearts as he was a full-time senior pastor for three decades. And uh, then my brother, who is a steward of things and finances and trust as he's had this uh, large corporations and and their multi-million dollar empires that he's led and last but not least would be my mom who was a proverbs 21 steward of our family the relationships fostered as, as David spoke of and, and just raising us kids and keeping to a pastor and school teacher's budget and tending to our home and seeing to provisions like clothing and meals and I could go on and on but it can be a challenge being a good steward as we've heard about today but as David shares in the gift of lift you are only entrusted with something for a period of time. And that if you want to make a lasting impact, you need to not only focus on your current success, but also on your future successors. So here is to harnessing the power of stewardship to elevate the world. Here is to the gift of lift. Thank you for joining me on this journey of life. I hope that today's highlight has been encouraging, inspiring, and equipping so you can go out and live your life full of purpose. I'd be honored if you'd take a moment to leave a review, or better yet, subscribe. We can also stay in touch by joining my email list at hollykirby.com. That's H-O-L-L-Y, C-U-R-B-Y.com. Until next time, make it a great day for a great day.